We're going to talk about Derby this week on the Access Louisville podcast. Maybe someone can finally explain to me how to make a decent mint julep. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Jason Thomas. What it is. Marty Finley. How's it going? And Sarah Shadburn. Hey. Jason, I forgot you were bringing what it is back. <laughs> yeah, man. Threw me off. We talked about it last week. Uh, we did. We did. Oh, yeah. About last week. Uh, we had some audio problems last week. So if uh, we actually, it didn't seem like it hurt us too bad, but. Um, uh, but I appreciate you guys for, for hanging in there and listening to that. If you did stick around and listen to it, if you didn't, I don't blame you. Uh, but, uh, good to know that, you know, we're 95 episodes into this show and I still haven't figured out the audio yet. And so, uh, hopefully I sound better this week. Uh, I'm back on my old, uh, we basically, I sw- swapped out a computer and it's it screwed a lot of things up. So I'm just back on my old computer, but anyway, uh, Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and plenty of sharp opinions on what's going on in Louisville, Kentucky. This week, of course, we'll focus on the Kentucky Derby, just like everyone is. Uh, so we're just to start, I'll go around the room here and you guys can tell us your derby plans. I'm going to start with Marty because you probably got the most interesting derby plan of all of us. Yeah, I'll be at Churchill Downs Racetrack all day covering the derby, so... Uh, I'm planning on getting there around 11, probably there at about 8, 39 o'clock. So looking forward to it. It's going to be my first large event since, you know, probably late 2019, I guess. Yeah. So I guess, uh, what's your favorite Derby memory? You're always uh, covering Derby for us. Uh, what's the, what's something that stands out for you? Yeah, probably 2015. That was the American Pharaoh year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's buzz around Derby every year, obviously, but it seems like the buzz was even bigger that year because he came in uh, with so much promise that he lived up to, which is mm-hmm. what made it even better. You know, he ended up being the first triple crown winner in, in years. And, but, you know, just the buzz that whole week. Uh, and that was actually my first Derby covering it for business first. So it was a good one because mm-hmm. that was also the record breaking year. That was the year they had hundred over 170,000 people there. So oh. It was just a crazy day for me, kind of getting acclimated, been kind of getting thrown to the wolves and just having to to learn on the fly. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I still think about that derby a lot. Um, I went out on the backside earlier that week just to kind of meet some people. And, you know, the first horse that, that walked up near me was American Pharaoh. Oh, so what's, neat, the, neat. what's the chances that the yeah. derby favorite would be out there? But, you know, so that, you know, I, I met a lot of interesting people, a lot of cool people that year. And, and you know, like I said, had a really good spot on the roof there to watch American Pharaoh win. Of course, you remember that race wasn't – he didn't, like, dominate it. He kind of won one toward right there at the end. The so uh, yeah. It was a little closer than I think anybody expected. But, you know, that one really stands out. Uh, I wouldn't call 2019 a my favorite memory, but another memory was just that really controversial DQ finish for maximum security. Just yeah. being part of that was, that was pretty crazy. pretty surreal. Yeah. Um, we had to kind of wait around for like 25 minutes to see like what the actual official result was. You know, we decided to hold off and not publish anything because everyone had reported maximum security had won and we decided to wait and let yeah. it sort of get sorted out. And, you know, so you had the, you had the long shot end up winning because of the DQ and 
I think I've talked about on this podcast before, but you just heard 150,000 people go, what? Yeah, <laughs> <From yeah. Tom. laughs> and it was just like, that was just such a surreal moment to be there. I mean, it was probably surreal to watch on TV, but it's even more surreal to be there, yeah. you know, amidst everyone waiting on the results. So kind of two different reasons those stand out, but that's, that's the two big memories for me, the kind of the bookends of my first derby and the last one I covered in person. That's so funny. What, what time did you get out of there that night, Marty? Oh, it's probably like 10, 1030 because they're oh, like pushed back. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So yeah, Haley was with me because I had, I had actually picked her up. So it ended up being a really long night for her too, just because of it. So. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I had left the track at that point yeah. when that happened and I found out on Twitter that something was wrong. Yeah. There was only a handful. I think it was me and Lisa and <laughs> Haley and maybe the photographer, everybody else that went home, I think. Yeah. So yeah. there weren't like, a lot of us left. Well, I was working early in the day and then um, me and a couple people left um, just to beat the crowd and to get ahead of the, the race crowd leaving. So um, anyway, uh, Jason, uh, you know, do you have a, a favorite Derby mem- memory? Are you a, a, a big Derby fan? Yeah, I don't go to the Derby in person that often, but I went uh, about seven or eight years ago. Uh, a good friend of mine, his friend was a sales executive at Budweiser. And they had a, one of those corporate tents that mm-hmm. I think it was at turn one. And man, it was like, I'll never experience a derby like this again, because it was just royal treatment. Like all the booze you could drink and all the food you could eat. It wasn't like it's the way to do it. Too. It was like, yeah, it was like steak and chicken and Ooh, veggies and wow. all the desserts you could have. And it was just, yeah, this own, you know, tent and me and my brother and my buddies went and we lived it up that year and I'll probably never be able to do that again. So it was definitely stuck out in my memory. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? Well, I'm about to like, I think I'm about to make my favorite Derby memory this year because um, I, my birthday is on Derby this year. And oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And so instead of going to the track, uh, my, my best friend also has the same birthday. We are throwing a small birthday party uh, with, if, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the show Hot Ones, but it's a Hot Ones themed birthday party. For those who are not familiar with the show, it's a YouTube series. Uh, hosted by Sean Evans, where he interviews celebrities as they eat increasingly spicier chicken wings. And uh, <laughs> so we've ordered a ton of chicken wings from Frankfurt Avenue Beer Depot, best chicken wings, in my opinion. Really? Uh, and we've got a whole lineup of sauces that we're going to, you know, increase the heat. This is an uh, amazing gonna, idea. It's, is we, I've been planning this for months. I was like, this would be great. You know, the pandemic has been so gloomy. It would be really fun to celebrate and do something really unique. And so we're going to get a fishbowl also and put questions in there so that not just the birthday girls answer, but everyone can participate. Um, That's awesome. And yeah. And my parents are coming and I got some, <laughs> my friend group is coming. My friend group's pretty small, but uh, after that, we're all going to um, hang out and watch the race. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I love that idea. Um Let's see here. Yeah, I think I have a hard time picking like a favorite derby memory. Marty, it might be 2015 because I remember I just had um, really uh, I was in the press box area and then found my way up to some pretty good seats. It was a millionaire's row, which I know is like just total trash compared to the turf club. But uh, but I went up there and just sat uh, sat on the balcony with a a couple of. work people and uh and watch that race and i just remember it being a very beautiful day and that was the first time i'd really um sat in the stands and watched it usually i'm i'm kind of in the uh you know in the the press room or whatever which isn't 
quite as good or i'm in some little tight congested area where i can barely move and that that place i had a lot of room to move so i think that was my favorite too um let's see have Uh, have you ever uh taken the derby in at the infield i have not that is not my scene that's that's another fun memory of mine it's probably i think it was the first derby i ever went to i think it was probably two or three years out of college you just bunch of friends and i probably would have liked it in college but i don't think i would like yeah definitely gotta be young to do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a little too uh rowdy for me um i don't come off as a rowdy guy come on um (laughs) let's see here so was derby a big deal in your in your all's houses growing up for me it wasn't like we would turn it on like five minutes before the race started watch it and go oh that horse won and then not talk about it at all the rest of the day. And like, I was always kind of thought like, and I'm not from Louisville. So just, I was, I'm from Bardstown. It wasn't as big a deal down there. Um, I kind of thought this is what we're famous for. God, we got to have something better than this, but, uh, (laughs) but I've been converted since then. Uh, now I see the value in it, but that's just when I was, uh, growing up. So, uh, uh, Sarah, you're, uh, you're originally from Louisville. So, uh, uh, I guess is it, has it always been a big deal in your house or is it, are you kind of in the same boat as me? Oh yeah. I, ever since I was a kid, I've always said that Kentucky Derby festival is my favorite holiday. Like the, the events leading up the energy in the city, like the, the pastel clothes everyone wears. I, I just, mm-hmm. I love it so much. Uh, everyone is so excited. And, uh, being that my birthday is May 1st, it often falls either on Oaks day or on Derby day. So yeah. So I kind of make a it a big it. deal. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I've had a couple like horse race themed birthday parties. Cause you know, I grew up in Kentucky. I was a horse girl at one point. Um, yeah. <laughs> not a serious uh, one, but um, yeah, I love the Derby still do. How about you, Jason? Yeah. Derby day growing up was always a big deal in my house. My dad is a huge horse racing fan. So, you know, we would just sit and watch the race and really get into it. And the races leading up to the Derby, we could always have the, tv turned on to that and you know as i got older me and my brother started a tradition of going to the oaks more than the derby mm-hmm. gosh we did that for gosh, probably for the past 20 years or so up until you know a couple of years ago just it also it, the oaks just kind of got really really crowded it's almost like going to the derby so yeah. it really kind of shifting to maybe do thirby but now yeah. is getting super yeah thirty's pretty so. busy too they have <laughs> wednesday <laughs> racing right so we'll see. yeah yeah <laughs> But I got, you know, I got a couple kids now. And so when they get a little bit older, I look forward to maybe taking them to maybe not Derby, but maybe yeah. a couple of days leading up to it, just getting them involved with it. And I'm with Sarah. I love the the pageantry around all the events and, you know, the fireworks and the air shows and the festival and the parade. Mm-hmm. So it's the best. I do love the festival and I do love the pastel clothes that Sarah mentioned. Those, those are uh, <laughs> any, any excuse. Uh, Marty, you're from Eastern Kentucky. I don't, I was wanting to ask you if it was as big a deal in Eastern Kentucky as it is around this part of Kentucky. Yeah, not at all. Um, <laughs> I think it's much more like what you were talking about where you turn it on, you watch it. We probably watch some of the pageantry just because of the, we do people watching with the, all the clothes and all that. But as far yeah. as like, no one talked about the Kentucky Derby and Eastern Kentucky, like you may turn it on, you watch it. You don't talk about it beforehand. You don't talk about it afterward. Yeah. That's and I think, part of that is that, <laughs> I think part of that is that for people in Eastern Kentucky, Louisville feels really remote. I mean, mm-hmm. you're three hours away, but it feels like it's farther away for some reason. So there's some, there's for whatever reason, there's some kind of disconnect Yeah, for people in eastern kentucky when it comes to stuff in louisville so like no one i mean i'm not saying i'm sure there's plenty of people from eastern kentucky that's come to the derby 
but most people that I grew up with never even like considered going to Kentucky Derby. It just wasn't something you even thought about. Let's let's talk about. So yeah. I don't know what the disconnect is. It's still there. It still remains, but I can't really explain it. And like I said, I'm sure there's people that, you know, especially those that have maybe ties in the thoroughbred industry that live in Eastern Kentucky that they probably go, but like, you know, just for the, um, those that are, don't have any ties in the industry, you know, it's, it's something you see on TV, you know, you, you watch the race itself and then you just kind of move on. So, yeah. That's the way but I'm also converted. I, you know, I'm, I never disliked it or anything. I watched it. It's just, it was just one of those things that happened every year. It's kind of an interesting yeah. event in Kentucky that was nationally televised. But, you know, now that I've been here for, you know, I've been in the region for over a decade. Um, so, I, you know, I'm also a convert. I'm very much someone that enjoys it and all the idiosyncrasies that go with it. So I remember uh, being in like fifth grade and one of my friends telling me that his parents were having a derby party. And I remember looking at him and being like a derby party. They're having a party for the huh? derby. Like it was that disconnected. Like, yeah, that would be, <laughs> that never happened to me because no one ever did it, but I would have been, I would have yeah, the same way. I was like, what? Yeah. The race that comes on, you know, like, uh, and you know, Louisville obviously is a lot closer to Bardstown. It's only like 45 minutes away, but I don't know. There's a disconnect there too, just between rural Kentucky and Louisville. Hmm. So uh, that's something to work on, I think, just for a lot of different reasons. But uh, uh, but we won't get into that now. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, so what's something uh, that uh, you haven't done at Derby that you would like to do for a Derby? Is there anything like kind of on your bucket list for that, uh, Jason? I'll start with you this time. Um, there's a couple of things that I don't know would ever be possible, but <laughs> I would love to be like a fly on the wall in the jockey room, like right before mm-hmm. the derby. Just, just what are they thinking about? What are they doing? Are they like listening to music or are they talking to each other or are they just off into a corner, that kind of thing. And in the same vein, I'd love to have a little access to the, the backside and, you know, mm-hmm. see what the, the trainers and the owners, what the preparation is like before the big race. And yeah. yeah just, that's just kind of fascinating to me. Yeah, I agree. How about you, Sarah? Um, I, I really uh, would like to truly experience like the bars around Derby. I've only, I only turned 21, like three years ago and I was in Asheville, North Carolina during that time for yeah. most derbies since and then i, I missed derby and then the pandemic last and then there was the pandemic <laughs> and now it's still kind of weird yeah and, you're missing out that's a yeah, fun, fun so, night to be at like, the bars i'm freaking <laughs> languishing away my young years <laughs> and, uh, waiting to go party but i can't um but yeah that's really what i would like to do that's i think awesome, it's yeah. super fun part of like the the bourbon the bourbon derby the durban experience that i uh <laughs> think about often and i would love to have like a ritzy experience of, of derby as well kind of in the same vein um yeah so yeah just experiencing the parties really yeah that's uh it's a fun fun thing to do go out on derby night and uh, yeah. i don't in know derby. marty are, is there, i guess there's still a curfew uh in place from covid19 so uh there won't be as many uh, yeah it's bar like, parties it, it's like midnight one o'clock i'd have to look i can't remember what it is now but yeah yeah it's it's i think it's um I think it's one o'clock. It's not the usual for one night. Yeah, it's it's not the usual <laughs> four a.m. I guess. So we're so cool for that 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 our bars <laughs> stay open till four in normal times. I, I totally. love that. We're like yeah, a real big yeah. city. 
Um, that, that's uh, true. In some big cities, they shut down even earlier than ours, like in bigger cities. And I'm like, wow, really? Um, Party all night here. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Uh, let's see, Marty, how about you? Uh, any, any bucket list things you want to do um, uh, before uh, or at? Yeah, I, I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to go straight to the top and say I want in the mansion. Uh, oh yeah. Like, it's the most like uh, luxurious <laughs> and most mysterious i mean people have been in there obviously but like it's the part that is usually not open to any media um i actually like almost wandered over i wandered over near the entrance of the mansion one one year because i sort of got turned around mm-hmm. and i got quickly like escorted away from the, the mansion <laughs> door so is it at the track yeah it's at the track it's um it's a pretty big facility there but it's um and like i said they have guests in there every year it's but like it's very a-listers go I guess. but it's where yeah it's the people that they don't want you to know they're there going so um i want to go in there that's my big bucket list thing i mean i've got to go to most of the luxury you know boxes and the turf club i get to go to the turf club every year i don't go to the turf terrace because i've been out there but then they kind of banned media there uh, a few years ago yeah so that's the actual outdoor per- portion of the turf club uh yeah. where the seating is so um but you know we can still like see out there so like there's there's not a lot of mystery yeah there's a lot of mystery with the mansion so that's i don't know if that'll ever happen but you know that's that's my we got that's the one thing i've been on the back i've been on the back side which if you haven't been the back side to jason's point it's really cool definitely recommend you i've been out there a few times and it's completely different than the front side so definitely worth uh checking out if you get a chance yeah I've been to the turf club. Uh, it's not, I don't feel like I'm the monopoly guy when I'm there. It's nice, but it's not like so swanky that you can't, you know, that you feel you like, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing like that. It's like, well, this place is nicer than the rest of it, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> it doesn't like, you know, knock you over. Um, what about you, David? What's on your bucket list? You know what? This is very achievable. I just want to go with my wife and watch it and just be a fan because every year I work. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, so she's usually got other plans doing her own thing. And then, you know, I'll get home usually kind of like later. And that's my derby day. So I'd love to just go there, sit in a nice box seat and uh, just enjoy it, you know, with my wife and some friends, but uh, never get to do that because I'm usually working. So uh, I'll have to ask for a day off one of these derby days. There's usually one uh, person off, you know, when we're, when we're going to the track, there's usually one person or two people that'll take off this year. Only Marty and Sarah are going to the track. Uh, Sarah, you're going on Oaks Day and uh, Marty going on Derby Day. I'm the editor, but I'm just doing it at home. Uh, I'm going to turn on the races and, uh, uh, like I said, try and figure out how to make a mint julep uh, so I can maybe have one of those. But uh, I think there's a lot of potential for that drink, even though a lot of people don't like it. I was going to say, are you a fan of mint juleps or what's your opinion? I think bourbon and mint go very, very well together. But if you order a mint julep at Churchill Downs, that thing is garbage. Like it's watered down, pre-mixed stuff. I need like a real like 
what, what's the word they use in all the bars like an artisanal yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> mint craft cocktail yes handcrafted <laughs> cocktail i need somebody to make a good mint julep um so i like to oh, try Sarah's to, got the bourbon connections come on hook it up yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like to try to make drinks at my house but I'm, i never make them as good like i've made old fashions before and they're never as good i've made margaritas they're never as good as like you'd get at a bar because i don't want to buy like a whole bunch of garnish or whatever so <laughs> <laughs> so anyway maybe i'll try and do with the mint julep How, do you guys more, like mint juleps am i the only one there I, i'm not a fan it's not really my thing i'm more of an old-fashioned guy which i did make an old-fashioned at home once that i thought was better than some i'd purchased yeah so that was that was a nice moment for me did so. you use the old-fashioned kits that we got for christmas i did and i, I did a little bit of extra <laughs> stuff and it actually, it actually <laughs> turned out it was expired well. but it's fine. <laughs> it was inspired i didn't realize that uh i didn't look I'm at you David. I'm, I'm with you the mint juleps at the track are so watered down by the time you finally get it so yeah. i've had a couple at other places that you know i mean it's not bad not my favorite i'm always embarrassed to order it like at a bar <laughs> i'm afraid that it was like a derby party. get the <laughs> hell out of here <laughs> <Just> tour, <it's> <laughs> like, <laughs> i know you want a hot toddy with that too <laughs> yeah <laughs> 1897 called it. Yeah, you should go in like November or something like we're nowhere near. Yeah, exactly. Derby. Nowhere near Derby. Just go derby to a bar. <laughs> Be dressed in a white suit with a bolo tie. <laughs> Gotta have a hat on of some sort too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Big bowler hat. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a look. It I is. Can, I can see David in that. Yeah. A famous, a famous colonel wears that look. <laughs> come to think of it. Um, let's see here. Uh, what's one thing you guys think could make Derby better? Jason, I'll start with you again on this one. Oh gosh. Um, probably gonna make some people angry like I did with Norton Commons, but I think I think it could use some more inclusivity. You know, I, I think back to the quotes you put together, David, from folks in the area, some executives and Dave Christopher, the wrestle incubator guy in the West End, talked about. It, he doesn't feel that community yeah know, he had a with he had a quote a great quote he said something like that feels like uh derby feels like it's for a select crowd and i'm not in that crowd exactly <laughs> and i'm like yeah i feel that too although i think the derby festival does try and reach out and make it more of a community event for those right. who can't go to the track so i think they do a good job of that mm-hmm. um marty got any got any improvements derby could make I'd like someplace to have a recliner at some point during the end of the day. To Hell yeah. Now you're talking. Just put some recliners <laughs> in the media center or something like yes. that. We could take turns using them. But I mean, you know, I was kind of really excited just because, you know, they were talking about building a casino hotel, not a casino hotel, but, you know, the HRMs. Yeah. So to have a kind of casino hotel feel, that's, that project's been scrapped. If you hadn't seen our recent coverage or at least postponed, I was kind of looking forward to that just because I was, you know, I just thought it would really add some something to the look of Churchill Downs, and hopefully mm-hmm. it'll happen someday. But obviously, I understand why they're not doing it with pandemic and you know how much the hotel industry has been hit. But I was, I thought that would have been a really cool thing. You'd have something basically like similar to what Horseshoe or Caesars now has, but you'd have it at Churchill Downs. So, you know, maybe we'll see something like that in the future. But uh, that was a project I was really, really interested in uh, when it was announced. Yeah. Hey, hey, sure. Remember talking about this last week, though, about with all the additions to the track, do you feel like it's kind of lost some of its appeal and prestige with, you know, the Twin Spires used to be the thing, but now, you know, now it's like all these other buildings like, around. Yeah. There. yeah. Like, it, kind, it kind of feels like, um, like different styles 
architectural styles are, yeah. are sitting on display next to each other. So, um, Sarah, improve Derby for us. So I don't think Churchill Downs could do any, could meet this demand that I have, but um, being the optimist that I am, I would love to see a shoe invented that was a cute high heel that you could also wear all day and infinitely <laughs> your feet would not hurt because the hardest part of me planning my Oaks Day outfit is just what shoes am I going to wear? Because I, I hate and You're going to have to be in them all day. I know. I hate wearing flats. <laughs> I, I hate them, but I know that all the other cute heeled shoes that I would wear won't go with are just not possible so i would love to have like an infinite shoe that uh <laughs> it almost like recharged your stamina while you were wearing it what if like um, the heel like it was retractable or something you could like flip oh, a switch on the heel Dude, and yeah. then like when you're just like you know sitting down or something maybe it maybe you go i don't know it'd be like a more impressive heely you know like you can put the little wheel in the heel instead of that you could just pull the heel out and then when you're done whoop pop it back in i think i know what you're talking about we should should work on it i'm gonna put it on i've I've got some business ideas on the whiteboard in there (laughs) i'm gonna put this one on and they are thorough you have to check those hands off this idea because this is a money maker that (laughs) yeah yeah, we might have to edit this part out i don't want (laughs) don't want anybody to steal this idea all right um i think uh, they are improving it this year by uh, capping the crowd. I think that's going to be it. For, for those who go. I think they're going to have the best derby because the crowd's going to be lower. What, um, what you're what you're basically going to have is a derby crowd on Derby Day. I know, and derby's that's right around awesome. Derby's right around forty five thousand. Which to me, I've covered Derby Oaks and Derby. Of course, Derby's by far the smallest, but mm-hmm. you have you have so much more room to move around. Yeah, especially so in the paddock and the front side. So yeah, that that'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously it's going to be significantly smaller, but I think that's what you can compare it to as Thurby because it's mm-hmm. they're usually about forty five thousand people there for Thurby. Yeah, I've been there a few times and definitely easier to move around on Thurby yeah. than it is those other days. Yeah, my my wife is going to Oaks this year, and she's never been. She's never been to Oaks or Derby, and uh, she was kind of like cautious about it. She was like, "Oh, should I go? It's going to be a big crowd or whatever." And I was like just go i mean like she's she's vaccinated and like you know the the crowd's gonna be a lot smaller it's gonna be a cool thing this year i think so and this, hopefully this we'll have really good weather yeah they're saying yeah. Be really nice. great weather so uncharacteristic yeah yeah there's usually like uh marty uh, you probably remember me walking into the uh, uh press room a few years ago just drenched in rain <laughs> so. yeah well if you remember we uh my least favorite derby memory was the year it rained three inches on derby day Yes, and we had to get out in in that of course uh you know i was in a poncho our photographer had to like put all of his gear you know wrap it up and it was it was a mess there were still tons of people there it didn't dissuade people but man i mean i was wearing it was a challenge i was wearing a suit and it was just dripping just dripping wet, water running off me i ran into terry miners in the bathroom and he was like whoa man (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like yeah yeah it's raining and i don't know why i didn't have a poncho with me or something it was my fault because i didn't have a poncho uh but i guess i just didn't realize it was going to come down that far. <laughs> <So>. lesson <laughs> but, learned yeah, and you, yes. i remember you just walked in you just sort of stood there for a second just like, yeah i didn't know what to do i was just like <laughs> ah. so i went to the bathroom and just like tried to wipe myself off with a paper towel and took hours to dry <laughs> so Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, that's yeah that was the worst favorite derby. That was that was the least my least favorite derby because just the weather was horrendous. Yeah, it seemed like the weather got like increasingly worse. Like, 
Oh yeah, it was from awful. year to year. It's like one inch of rain, two inches, and of it was three like, inches <laughs> of rain. It was the record. It was a record year for Derby rainfall. Yeah, one hundred fifty, one hundred forty plus years, and yeah. it was the worst rainfall ever on Derby Day. Yeah, and that was in twenty nineteen, and we were, and that's the year of the DQ as well. So we was like, oh man. Uh, yeah, so that was a rough derby all the way around, but, and the last one that we got to go to. So uh, we we didn't go last year. They held, held it in September, but um, we sent a photographer, but decided not to go. Yeah, I covered it from home, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of I'm kind of bummed that I don't get to go this year. Uh, but I think we wanted to limit the number of people in the press room, and they're like, "Well, you can do that job from home," and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess I can do that job from home." So, <laughs> so that's what we ended up doing. Sarah, were you going to say something? I didn't mean to cut you off there. Nope. nope. Okay. I was All just right. uh, smiling and nodding. <laughs> thinking All about right. those retractable heels. Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. I, She's I'm like, what kind of metal? metal? What uh... should it be? Silicon? How can yeah. we get a suede finish? I love a suede shoe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to have to. Maybe there's some uh, uh, P- PVCU that could be a part of this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think so, though. When I was watching that cool video you said, it seemed like it could snap right into the shoe and be okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah. We got a lot to figure out here with this thing. All right. Well, moving on from Derby (laughs) and and shoes, we'll we'll move on to another event, and that's State Fair. Marty, it sounds like uh, the State Fair is coming back this year in its OG form, right? It's going to just be a regular State Fair. Well... uh, so, yeah, basically, we don't have any idea yet, you know, how many people they're going to let in, if it's going to be full capacity. They recently voted the Kentucky State Fair Board, basically, you know, they need to start planning because it's in August. So it'll be here before you know it. Mm-hmm. So they said, we need a, we need some guidepost. And then, you know, last year, they canceled it to spectators, just like Derby. It was just to participants. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just going to try to have, you know, some people there, but ended up uh, deciding not to. So um, they said, what, you know, where are we going to start from? And they all decided, hey, it's easier to, like, remove things if you need to than try to add them last minute because then you got all these booking issues if you're trying to add something last minute. So right, yeah. it's easier to take it away and to say, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do that than try to add it, you know, which makes sense. So basically, they're starting from the, the uh, using the guide post of 2019, which was the last full capacity fair. And then they're going to work from there. So we don't know what the final version will look like. Hopefully by August, we'll be able to do some, especially these are all this will be outdoor events. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully those will be near full capacity. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Keeneland announced they're doing the Railbird Festival over in Lexington. Mm-hmm. Um, what month is really that? Good. August? Yeah. Late August. Uh, yeah. It's a good lineup too. I may end up it wandering is, over to Lexington. Yeah, exactly. if, if things are looking good. So, yeah. um, so anyway, I know like, you know, Last year, when they were planning out people, they were moving things that were indoors, outdoors. So that might be an option this year, you know, to get capacity up because, you know, the governor just came out, you know, kind of lifted the mask mandate on, you know, smaller outdoor events, a thousand or less. So, you know, if we, you know, that's several months from now, we should have made more headway on vaccination. So, you know, mm-hmm. very possible we could have, you know, at or near full capacity and outdoor events and maybe even indoor it's just hard to say right now but you know they're at least moving forward you know planning from that normal capacity level and and then seeing where we go from here yeah now has Bashir weighed in on that no uh because it's so early you know they haven't sent a plan to, to Bashir yet um I'm assuming that would come later on um so 
Yeah, I've not heard him say anything about, you know, what the state fair is doing yet. So, but I'm sure he'll weigh in, you know, yeah. within a few months this summer probably. But, um, you know, because like I said, they don't really have any plans yet. They're just saying like, we need to get, we need to start the drawing board process. And how do we do that? Do we start from, do we do what we did last year, or do we try to at least plan for a full fair and then scale it down if we have to? Yeah. And uh, so Bashir has a lawsuit related to the state fair. Mm-hmm. Well, it's related to the state fair board, but it's unrelated to this decision. Yeah. Right. It's something it's, it's, it's regarding how yeah, the it's state fair about, board is structured. Or, yeah. It's more about the, the governance structure of the state fair board. So, you know, in the past, uh, Bashir would appoint like many other boards and commissions, he would appoint the, the, um, the chairman. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the state fair can vote their own chairman in and they did with, uh, just recently, uh, reappointing Mark Lynn who had taken like a year off, I think from that role. So, mm-hmm. so he's, but it also like gives, uh, it kind of shifted some appointing power. So like before Bashir had most of the, if not all of the appointing power for the fair board. And now the, uh, Kentucky agriculture commissioner has more appointments than the governor. So he's trying to basically get that uh, legislation thrown out as unconstitutional saying like, you know, this is a constitutional authority or an authority that was given to me by the constitution basically arguing that the legislature doesn't have the power to take this away from him. So, you know, that's pending, but that was, that happens, you know, very shortly before, you know, they voted to uh, start working on the fair this year. So they came pretty close together. So the, the, I guess the constitution of Kentucky mentions the state fair board because that's, well, weird. I don't know if it mentions it, uh, you know, verbatim, but, you know, it, it does talk about, you know, some of the authority has and, you know, with boards and commissions okay. and appointing power. And he's arguing that, you know, this I'm the, you know, the constitutional officer that was given this authority over these types of boards. So gotcha. it's, it, he's, you know, he's arguing basically that the, that the bill that restructured the board um, is unconstitutional. So gotcha. It'll All probably right. end up going to the Supreme State Supreme Court. These cases usually do. So. Yeah, it's, and we've had a lot of these cases of, especially during the pandemic, uh, people challenging the governor's authority on something, and then the governor says, "No, I have that authority," or or, or and it ends up in the uh, in the hands of the courts that to decide what the authority is. We saw that with some of the uh, post-pandemic uh, closure orders and that sort of thing. Uh, so interesting stuff to watch. Of course, Bashir, I think, was a, an attorney uh, by, mm-hmm. you know, by profession. So it's not surprising that an attorney is uh, suing someone. So <laughs> they know how to do it. Uh, anyway, lighter topic. And this is just a final fun topic to uh, close the show out with. One of our top stories this week has been about the O'Charlies on Breckenridge Lane is now closed. I'm sorry if you're just now hearing it. Uh, but anyway, um, apparently this is, a, you know, uh, a, a tremendous loss for the St. Matthews community. But I uh, uh, wanted to ask you guys, what's the best sit-down chain restaurant? Uh, Marty, I'm going to go with you on this one. We've had some conversations about Bubba's 33. Is that is that the best, or, or do you have another one? <laughs> Is that is Bubba's really a? Can we say it's a set down chain at this point? I don't know how many, how many locations. There's, there. Yeah, I, there's more than one. <laughs> I do like Bubba's. I mean, you know, it's a, it's you know, less steakhousey, more burgers and chicken wings and pizza. Um, but also, you know, not just because it's the local company, but I do like Texas Roadhouse. Um, 
specifically their Clarksville location uh, in mm-hmm. Southern Indiana is, and I think it might've been the first location. So um, I am a fan of that location. So um, years ago, I liked um, uh, uh, Logan's, I think it was at Logan's Roadhouse. Um, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think they're kind of dead at this point. So uh, you don't see as many used, of them. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't, I don't go there anymore, but, um, that was one I locked, you know, years ago. I'm surprised but, uh, you, you do, you, you liked it. I know Texas Roadhouse has a E-Town location. So I bet you're probably, probably going there back, back in your E-Town days. So, uh, but I can't remember if Logan had, has one. They had a, there's a place in E-Town called Texas Outlaw, which was sort of like, seemed pretty, um, you know, kind of patterned off of Texas Roadhouse. In, but it's like, inspired oh, by. <laughs> inspired by Texas Roadhouse. But they were more into like barbecue than they were in like steaks. And, oh, okay. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of theirs, uh, Texas Outlaw. And I have some friends from Eastern Kentucky that will drive to E-Town just to eat there. And then they'll turn around and go home. Makes so, me think of the Texas Law Hawk. Uh, yes. <laughs> so they have, a, they have a little bit of a cult following there in, in E-Town. Yeah. That place does. So. <laughs> All right. So I think you landed on Texas Roadhouse there. That's your, that's the best chain. Um, Sarah, what, what do you think the best sit down chain restaurant is? I was actually talking about uh, not this exact conversation the other day with my sister, but this restaurant that I'm going to say uh, Cheddar's. I, um, oh yeah. Kinda, yeah. Cheddar's. Like we kind of there too much turned out on it in high school. Um, but Cheddar's has a really awesome, um, Buffalo chicken salad, their Buffalo sauce, their chicken is super crispy. The Buffalo sauce is very tangy and delicious and the ranch is very divine. So that has to be a uh, winner for you me. Should, you should write reviews. Um, I, <laughs> I have, have fun too. <laughs> how, how about you, Jason? Oh, does White Castle count as a sit down restaurant? <laughs> you could sit down you, you get can the craving down, every now and then yeah. uh i don't know man uh I, I like a good bob evans breakfast every now and then or a good cracker barrel it's a breakfast thing it's hard to find a yeah a good true. reliable breakfast spot so a lot mm-hmm. of the change cracker barrel does have great breakfast mm-hmm. yeah i don't know who else i'm probably going to say bw3s um mm-hmm. i like I, I really like wings and i and i like uh, the variety of sauces they have so what's your sauce pick What's my what? Your sauce pick. Like what oh, sauce do you prefer? I think the Parmesan garlic. Nice. It's And it's like really, I think it has the most calories of any sauces <laughs> on the list. You got to go to the backdoor lounge for those, man. Those are freaking awesome. Oh, they have the Parmesan garlic? Oh, yeah. But, uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's the show. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, before we go, you guys can uh, sign off. Uh, and tell us where people can find you on social media. Uh, Marty, I'll start with you this time. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BFLumarty. I will be tweeting on Derby Day. So if you want to see what I'm seeing from the track, I'll try to be posting some updates there on Derby Day. Uh, and you can also find me on LinkedIn. Probably won't be on LinkedIn on Derby Day, but you can find me on LinkedIn <laughs> under my name. Yeah. <laughs> um, you should change your LinkedIn picture to like a pastel suit. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should all do that for Derby. Um, anyway, uh, Sarah, how about you? Yeah, come see me on LinkedIn. I'm Sarah Shadburn, and I'm also on Twitter at Sarah. I'm going to be at Oaks tomorrow. I'm not sure when we're going to be airing this episode, but come find me if uh, you are also at Oaks tomorrow. I'd love to chat. Yeah, this episode will probably uh, hit 
uh, tomorrow morning. So, Excellent. Uh, so we'll people should be able to find it. <laughs> um, and uh, Jason, how about you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Scoop Thomas. And I'm on, what is it called? LinkedIn under my yes. name, Jason Thomas. There are a lot. So yeah, yeah. check it out. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dman3001, also on LinkedIn uh, under my name, David Mann. And uh, that's it. If you like your, or if you like this podcast, you can check it out on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Jason, Sarah, and Marty. And thank you guys for listening to us at home. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Happy Derby. Bye.